At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw, live from the Circus Sportsbook on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome in to Odds On. I am Mike Palm. He is Amal Shaw. In 30 minutes, we'll have Mike Sando from The Athletic. I'm not sure who the owner is that he reports to right now, but uh, he's going to join us for some NFL playoff talk and uh, end of the year awards as well. Um, I'm a little bit mad at myself. We talked ourselves really into this bet, but didn't make it. We just thought 17 was too much for Ole Miss to be getting in Knoxville. And frankly, Amal, they should have won the game. Yeah, they did it without Joyner on the road last night, going to overtime, ended up losing by six. But I tell you, the one thing that is evident with Tennessee this year is they can't shoot the basketball. Highly inconsistent. That was the one thing I said to you. I said, Tennessee can't score enough to be justified. I'm mad in the playbook. I didn't put in two plays on Villanova. I said, Villanova's going to roll. They absolutely crushed them. And then the St. John's game goes over by about 20 points. It was over with like six minutes to go. I, I knew you were on pace right away. I, I saw it. Around, well, I know how the Johnnies play. Mike Anderson's team, you know, they start the game with six fouls. And their guys are unaware that when you forecheck a guy into the scorer's table, it's a foul. Nice win at the O-Dome for Alabama, I thought, last Great night. Great win. I was impressed with them. I didn't see the second half of the game. I was watching the first half, and I was like, you know what? Florida shot the ball well here, 13 for 26 in the first half. Alabama's just down. I think it was three or five points at the break. I said they could be in trouble here. It was three. And um, Alabama Crimson Tide with a nice comfort behind win. I'll tell you what, that's an important win because road wins in this league are going to be tough to come by, as we can see last night with Ole Miss failing at Knoxville, uh, Kentucky failing at Baton Rouge. So if you can get a road win at uh, Gainesville, if you can get one somewhere at Tennessee or Kentucky, I think it's going to be tough. I think Kentucky's going to have home undefeated season in SEC play. Uh, but I'm going to tell you, I think the Big 12 at the top is the best league in college basketball. Um, maybe the best league overall in, in the Power Fives. The Big Ten's up there, but I think the Big Ten's got one really good team and then a bunch of good teams. Uh, but I think the SEC is going to be highly competitive. I do. I think if you go seven deep, they're probably the best league. And the ACC is really down. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you look at this league, how about last night, Jim Beheim's defense, second half. They only gave up 50-plus points against Larinaga squad. Yeah, awful. And then and, and Carolina was behind the whole game, and, and couldn't come back there. I, I, I was going to pull the trigger on over 151 and a half. I'm glad I didn't. It landed 151. I, I didn't uh, touch that game. I didn't see it. But I was looking at the scoring on it, and I saw North Carolina just getting crushed. And we talked about it yesterday. This team cannot respond to teams that are better than them. They And, and I'm not saying that Notre Dame has got an advantage over them, but at the Joyce Center, they're a different team. And, I mean, this performance really is shaky. When you look at right now, I'm going to tell you the two teams that are, were not on my radar before the season started in the ACC, the Miami Hurricanes, playing well. They've got some good home wins. And then um, Virginia. 
Virginia goes into the Carrier Dome, gets a good road win. What about Wake Forest? Were they on your radar? No, they were oh. not, actually. So I'm yeah. glad you mentioned that. I forgot about the Demon Deacons. <laughs> they have really played well, and we'll see what they do. All right, let's get into uh, my uh, penultimate, second to last for those of you listening in Michigan, uh, top five list of the year. You're going to have one next week? Yeah, I'm going to have one. At the end of the regular season, I'll rank the top five going into the playoffs, right? Okay, There's only 14 nice. playoffs teams. I can pick five they out of that. They should have 16. Yeah. Um, yeah, it would make sense, wouldn't it? Well, I don't think a team should get a bye week. I think it's an unfair advantage the to have single to play one, team. the one play less, uh, play less games. I, I, I would rather have six than eight, but th- that's my Same opinion. Um, all right, this was a little bit of a tough list. I considered four different teams for number five, Amal. I considered the Bills. Mm-hmm. I considered the Patriots. And I don't think there's that much that separate the Bills and the Patriots. I considered the Titans, and I considered the Bengals. And at the end of the day, I went with the Tennessee Titans coming in at number five on my list. I thought it was an impressive victory over the Miami Dolphins. And that Miami rode that seven-game winning streak into the rainy Nashville. They really took care of business. They limited two, and two has trouble in weather. But I thought their offense against a good Miami Devons, who had held many teams under to 14 or less points, Tannehill in the offense without King Henry, still able to put 30 on the board there in that game. I have Tennessee. I think they're going to be a tough out in the playoffs. I have them coming in at number five. I got no problem with that one. Um, I, so we usually, our producer sends us the text on, hey, Mike's going to have his top five. And I put out a list of five. And I got to tell you, I put the Rams at five. Mm-hmm. And I actually like your selection of five better when I think about it. I, I think Titans at five are a good fit there. Number four. Now, the top four are tough. Uh, the top four, I, I put number four, I put the Buccaneers. At number four. I got that I, one right. You have the four. You have <laughs> yeah. the same. I still think you have to give credit to Tom Brady. Look, they were in big trouble in that game. Antonio Brown walks off. Um, they're down two scores in the second half. Somehow they found a way to win. Come playoff time, you know they're going to be a tough out. Brady's so valuable to that team, and they can stop the run. Let, let's be honest. If they get, get in where they're on the road and playing in bad weather, teams cannot run the ball against that defense. Coming in above them at number three, I have the team that beat them at SoFi. L.A. Rams. Um, look, this is a good balanced team. And if Stafford can play at a semi-elite level, they may be the best team in football. It, it all depends on the quarterback play. I think if you take out Aaron Rodgers and Matt Stafford from those two teams, the Rams are a better team than the Packers. I would agree with you there. And I think right now, if you're looking to make a futures bet, I think if you said you like Team X or Y or Z, I don't think anyone can argue one way or the other. I think this is wide open in both leagues. I do believe that Green Bay's got the best chance because they're going to have mm-hmm. home field advantage. I think they're extremely dangerous. And I think this time at Lambeau, they correct the mistakes they made last year and get it done. But if I think you can make a case for a plethora of teams right now. All right, then coming in at number two, I have them at two. I've kept them at two the last few weeks. They did lose this game in Cincinnati. Remember, they put up 30, yeah. 30, 28 points in the first half. I still have the Chiefs at number two. No problem. Uh, and I still think you have to beat the Chiefs to win the AFC. I think their defense is not as atrocious as it's been in past years. I don't think it's elite, but I think it's a middle-of-the-pack defense, and you still have Patrick Mahomes, and you still have Kelsey. You still have weapons on offense. I think the Chiefs overall are the best team in the AFC. I got no problem with that, and you got Green Bay 1. I have Green Bay 1, and they have to be 1. Yeah, I agree. Now, I want to ask you this question. Which NFC team do you think has the best chance of going into Lambeau and winning, my answer might surprise you. Mine's the Arizona Cardinals. Mine's the Dallas Cowboys. Well, the reason why mine's Arizona is I think in a revenge game, I think they'll be, they'll be much more effective. I think they'll bounce back. Um, 
Why do you like Dallas against Green Bay? I, because I don't see the running game for Dallas being but, that strong. But I think their defense, when their defense can create these turnovers, and if they're, de- you know, Rodgers doesn't turn the ball over, but their defense takes a lot of chances. They'll have the ability to get maybe get to Rodgers a couple of times. If they can force a few turnovers, I think their offense is good enough. If Dak can be accurate, right? If Dak can, can be accurate, that they can make it a competitive game. I know people do not think Matthew Stafford can go to Lambeau and win in the playoffs. And that's going to benefit people and take it. If that's a matchup at some point in the playoffs, you're going to get a, a premium on the Rams in that game. You'll get more points than what the line should actually should be. Plus, remember, they went in there and got waxed earlier in the year. I did forget about that. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, you're right about that one. Um, you know, I like your list. I have four of the five teams. The only one that I am not taking exception with, but I ask you about this in particular, Buffalo, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. I have Buffalo's five. You think Tennessee is better now that Henry's going to be back in the mix? I th- yes, I'm counting that Henry's going to be back in okay, the mix. Okay, got it. In the current state, I'd probably have him eighth. Yeah, right? okay, that's fair. But I, I'm factoring I, that Travis Henry will be back in the playoff picture. Remember, he's going to get to two weeks because they'll get the bye if they can win this week. Yeah, no, Derek Henry. And the reason why yeah, I Derek Henry, Travis Henry is too busy having kids. Yeah, he's starring for uh, Tennessee. He's on the Antonio <laughs> Cromartie yeah. plan. Uh, all right, we do on Thursdays, we always do our teasers. Uh, look at the NFL games this weekend. And which way do you want to tease them? I'll ask you the. I'll give you the options: tease up, tease down, play the game straight, or pass them all. Some of them I won't say. The obviously uh, play that I don't think you're going to make. All right, let's start out with the early game on Saturday in Denver: Chiefs at Broncos. Chiefs right now sitting at the two seed. Broncos and Drew Locke have been listless, uh, to say the least. I think most of the Broncos coaching staff probably packing up their offices as we speak. Uh, including Mr. Vic Fangio, Chiefs laying up to now 10.5 in this game with a total of 45 a mall. Do you tease the Chiefs down? Do you tease the Broncos up? Do you play the game straight or pass? I tease down here. I think Kansas City needs this football game. There's still a possibility of technically getting home field advantage right if Tennessee loses, which is highly unlikely. But uh, I, I like the Chiefs here on the teaser down. They're going to win this game. And, you know, you mentioned before the show they've lost to the other three division of, uh, division front runners. So in terms of seeding, you need to get the W. And a line like 10.5, are you taking a 6.5-point teaser to make uh, it four? Yes. Yes, not seven. Correct. Because, because the, the, push, the push is going to get you a refund. Absolutely. In case I lost the other yes. play, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, Cowboys-Eagles, this is a line I, I don't agree with. Um COVID news on both sides. Eagles are going to be a wild card. We know that. The stats say that the Cowboys have a 92% chance of being the four seed, right? And and what's the three and the four? The three and the four both play a divisional uh, game on the road. Cowboys here in this spot were seven, six and a half. Now more COVID news, including Micah Parsons for the Cowboys. Lined down to five and a half here with a total of 42 and a half. Do you tease the Cowboys down? Do you tease the Eagles up? You take the Eagles straight or pass the game? I pass the game until I have a complete idea who's going to play, who's going to be starting on both sides. I think a lot of these games, you're going to have to wait until late Sunday. Check the NFL actives and inactives before you go to bet these uh, you know, around t- uh, noon Eastern, n- uh, 9 o'clock on the West Coast. Because, Mike, I think it'll play a huge factor in terms of how you see it. Let's say you wind up with a scenario where you have, say, Dak Prescott out, and you look at the Philadelphia situation. They've got a, a bunch of guys out of their lineup. You might look at this total and say, hey, you know what? I'm going to tease it up. I'm not a big fan of teasing totals, but... Um, it's just something to consider. You know, I don't think if if the Cowboys play starters, I don't think they're playing long. 
I just don't think either side has much to play for. And in a glorified scrimmage, I'd rather take the home team with the points here, Mo. I would agree with you. All right, one more game here before we go to break. Packers at Lions in Detroit. This this Lion teams have shown a lot of fight towards the end of the year here. Packers have the one seed locked up in the NFC. They already know they're getting the bye. Packers, a short favorite on the road, three and a half with a total of 45. Do you tease the Lions up to 10 and a half, play the Packers straight or pass the game? I would tease the Lions up. Uh, I think there's a strong possibility the Packers lose this game. Rodgers might play a series or two, maybe a quarter max. I don't see him playing more than that. There's no reason to utilize him in this particular spot, so that's why I would take the Detroit in this point. Okay. All right. When we come back, we're going to take a look at the college basketball slate for tonight, including a couple of big matchups in the Big Ten. And in about 20 minutes, Mike Sando of The Athletic will join us. Coming up on Odds On. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back. This segment of Odds On is brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like Wes Reynolds, no more spit cups, and no batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties like Spearmint, Wintergreen, or Amal's personal favorite, Citrus. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strings, so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zen America's number one nicotine pouch is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning it's never been easier time to find your Zen. So head on over to zen.com slash find to locate a store near you. That's zyn.com slash F-I-N-D. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. It is odds on with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw. And let's look at the slate of games uh, in college basketball where you really shine I'm all, and I want to start in the Big Ten. I want to start at Assembly Hall. Triple header on FS1 tonight, 4, 6, and 8 o'clock Pacific, uh, if you're a college basketball oh, is, fan. Is the uh, USC game on there? Yeah, USC oh, is the very, game. Oh, very nice of them to get them off the Pac-12 network finally. <laughs> Undefe- People undefeated. can watch them. Yeah, exactly. People can actually see it. Yeah. 4 o'clock Pacific, 7 o'clock Eastern from Assembly Hall in Bloomington, Indiana. The Ohio State University take on 
the Indiana Hoosiers. Ohio State comes in ranked 13th, 9-2, and 3-0 and in the Big Ten, sitting atop the Big Ten uh, with Michigan State as well and Illinois. Um, look, they lost against Xavier yeah. uh, in the holiday, in the holiday uh, uh, tournament. Uh, and versus Florida, um, they come in on a five-game winning streak. We know they beat Duke, handed Duke their only loss of the year. And they absolutely demolished Wisconsin earlier in the year by 18 uh, in Columbus. Indiana 10-3, and but 1-2 and in the Big Ten. A disappointing loss at Happy Valley against Penn State. Amal, I don't understand this line here. You're going to have to explain it to me. The Hoosiers, a three-and-a-half-point home favorite with a total of 140-and-a-half. Well, hold on. What's your point of view on it? My point of view is that I'll gobble up three-and-a-half with the Buckeyes all day. I didn't realize this got, line had gotten this yeah. high. Initially, <laughs> when I saw it on the overnight, it was at two. I thought the number One-and-a-half was... or two left yeah, yesterday. I, I, I thought the two was correct. Yeah. I thought that's where it should be. I thought three-and-a-half's gotten a little bit high here. I'd be looking at the Buckeyes in this spot. I think both teams match up well, particularly for the Hoosiers at Assembly Hall, where if uh, the return trip to Columbus would be a little bit more challenging, but. I think this Indiana team is better than people give them credit for. You mentioned that loss against Penn State. But Trace Jackson Davis, if you look in the Big Ten, he's one of the better big men, obviously. But there's a just a plethora of guys in there in this league that can play. And E.J. Liddell is one of these guys. But he can really stretch it out to the perimeter, unlike Trace Jackson Davis. I'm going to lean here with the Buckeyes on three and a half. Mike, I'm telling you, though, whoever wins this game, to me, it feels like the Penn State finish. It's going to be a one-possession, two-possession type of finish, in my opinion. I think Ohio State's won in the game. I'm tempted to take some plus 145 here. Well, look, I, I, I'm not going to sit there and say you shouldn't. If you take plus three and a half, obviously you got a chance to win the basketball game. But I think playing at Assembly Hall, the home crowd, this team has done far better than people realize. Woodson's done a nice oh, job with yeah. this team. Uh, Xavier Johnson, the pit transfer, have been very good for them. I, I Look, I like Indiana, and I'll tell you, uh, this team, Ohio State, is, really does a nice job on the road. They had a good win in Nebraska. I, and you can say it's Nebraska, but you know what? We saw Nebraska play well in the first half against Barty last night. They were only down four at half. Exactly. And I'm just saying it's not easy to win on the road. Yeah, I, I get it. But I, you, I guess you got to change my mind. i got to see more out of Indiana to change my mind. What I remember is their second half half-court offense against Wisconsin was just absolutely brutal, and they blew a 20-point lead in Madison. First of all, we know the Cole Center. Let, let's get to that game right now. Speaking of which, the Cole Center. One of the toughest places to play in America. I would put that in the top 10 toughest places to play in America. You're shaking your head no? We move at my pace here. We Sorry, tried but... it your way for two months, and the show was a disaster. Okay, all right, let's go to the Cole Center. That's the second game of the triple header on FS1. 6 o'clock Pacific, 8 o'clock local time, late start there. This is a, is a good rivalry in all sports, Iowa against, yes. Iowa against Wisconsin. And you're right, the Cole Center, a tough place to play. Iowa's won four in a row. But it's one and two in true road games this year, winning at Virginia, losing at Purdue, and at Ames against Iowa State. Wisconsin, the big win at Purdue earlier in the week where you took them plus 12 and a half. They won the game in Mackey Arena 74-69. Wisconsin sits at 11 and two, two and one. One of the best surprises of the early college basketball campaign. Current coming in ranked 23rd. This game was two and a half on the overnight. Now up to three in favor of the Badgers with a total of 147. Love Wisconsin on this one. I took them on the overnight at two and a half. I think Bucky Badger at home is a tough team. You know, you talked about this the other day while you were on Maryland. When you look at this team, Fran McCaffrey's teams have no idea what the word defense means. They don't play it ever. And I think that's going to be the problem when you go up against this Badgers team. And Johnny Davis has been terrific. You know, we talked about Jaden Ivey, potentially Big Ten Player of the Year. Johnny Davis making some noise. Mike, in that road win at Lafayette, West Lafayette, 37 of the 74 Badgers points. I like this Wisconsin team with their experience. Uh, Keegan Murray's been outstanding, and he's making a case for Big Ten Player of the Year as well. 
But I think it'll be too much Wisconsin, and I think the defense gets it done. I like their perimeter shooting, and the one thing I like with Wisconsin is they knock down free throws late in game situations when it counts most for people like us who are trying to cover numbers. I figured you'd be on Wisconsin, and I probably will be too. Yeah. But this is a play that screams out you, where it doesn't seem the home court is built in enough to this line. I, I really thought this number was going to be four, four and a half. Yeah, I agree with you there. All right, let's get away from the Big Ten, but we'll finish off the, the last game of the triple header on FS1, 8 o'clock Pacific time and local time. Uh, from the Haas Pavilion in Berkeley, California, where USC ranked seventh, as you mentioned them all, undefeated, 12-0 and and 2-0 and in the Pac-12. Now, they haven't played since uh, December 18th, and that might be a factor. And looking at their schedule, what would you say is their best win? On the Palouse against Washington State, they haven't really played a murderer's row of teams. Cal 9-5, and 2-1 and in the Pac-12. They absolutely stomped ASU at home. 74 to 50 on January 2nd, and are currently riding a five game win streak. I think this could be a tricky spot for USC. They're laying five and a half with a total of 129 and a half. You know, I'll give you the two other wins. Washington State was a good win. Um, that was a road game. Yeah. But the other game that I would point to is the one against San Diego State. Even though the Aztecs are not as good as they've been in the past, I still think whenever you beat a defensive minded team, yeah. they held them to 43 points. I think that game was down in Anaheim at the John Wooden Classic earlier in the season. But to me, when I look at this USC team, it's the length of this defense. Isaiah Mobley, obviously the brother, uh, older brother, actually, of Evan Mobley of the Cleveland Cavaliers. He is so good defensively, his length really creates a problem. And that's the thing, I think, with USC. You look at Peterson, he plays out on the perimeter. His length, this team is tough to score the basketball against, Mike. I think Cal is going to really struggle to get offensive rebounds. And really, they got to capitalize on any second chance opportunities they get. But then shooting over this length, it, it's one thing to sit there and expect it. It's a different thing when you see it firsthand. This total has shot up from 126 to 129 and a half. I kind of disagree with that move. I agree with you. When I saw it, I think the opener was 26 or 27. 26. It surprised me a little bit. I thought it was going to be about 121 or 122. USC, one of the best defensive teams in college basketball, particularly field goal percentage defense. Cal already struggles to score in the half court. Uh, I like USC in this game. Laying the five and a half here. By the way, get ready tomorrow. If the Trojans don't win, you can sit there and criticize me for the road chalk. But I, I'm with I don't you. do that. I, I don't ever kick a man when he's down. Now, <laughs> let's move to the American Conference and switch the channel to ESPN. 6.30 Pacific time from Fifth Third Arena in Cincinnati. The Mustangs of SMU take on the Cincinnati Bearcats. SMU comes in 11-3, and 2-0 and in the conference play. Amal, they've won eight straight games. Cincinnati 10-4 and and 0-1 in conference play, having lost at home to Tulane, 68 to 60 on New Year's Day. However, Cincinnati has won nine straight against SMU in this series. Bearcats, a small two and a half point home favorite, the total of 143. Yeah, this Ponies team gets a, they get the win of Dayton at home. Nice win there. Uh, they beat up on New Mexico at Tulsa. That was a, they shot the ball extremely well in that game. I remember Britton and I had under 141 and a half in that game. They barely ended up getting over the total at 143. And then, uh, I did think at home against UCF, they did a nice job there. This UCF team had that good win against Michigan. But to me, I'm just not as high on this SMU team as maybe some other people are. The problem with Cincinnati, Mike, is they can't shoot the basketball. They're below 30% from beyond the arc. They struggled defensively. That Tulane game you mentioned, they had a total of 73 in the second half. I took it under. There was about 40 points scored with uh, four minutes remaining in the second half. They, they can't score. Uh, that's the problem for them. I think they're going to defend. I didn't touch this game, but I was looking at the Bearcats here at home. I think they get back on track. I like the fact that they're coming off the loss against Tulane. Good bounce-back opportunity for them in this game. Here's my problem with SMU. 
I think they play well when they're in Moody in Dallas and also against weaker opponents. They're going to play a team that's athletic in Cincinnati and they will really defend them. I think it's going to be a problem in their shot selection, and they, they have too many live ball turnovers that which lead to runouts and layups the other way. They've done a good job reviving this program under Larry Brown and then his protégés, though, yeah. and making it relevant once again in the Dallas area. They, they really have. Yeah, they have. Um, the eyes of the world will be on the Super Pet in Denton, Texas tonight. This is on CBS Sports, 5 o'clock Pacific, 7 o'clock local time. Alabama-Birmingham and North Texas of all. Conference USA matchup. Alabama-Birmingham 12-3, 2-0 in conference play. Um, North Texas 8-3, 1-0 in conference play. But they did have a win at Wichita State earlier in the year. Uh, North Texas. Laying two at home with a total of 126. What do you know about these teams? I'll tell you one thing. North Texas is going to guard you. They can really defend. UAB can score the basketball. This is going to be an interesting matchup, a little bit of contrast of styles here, which team can exert its will. My one problem with North Texas, they go on scoring droughts at times. They don't have the ability to consistently put the ball in the basket. That could be a bit of a problem here. No play here, but I'll tell you, if you can get a discrepancy of somewhere, someone up five or six at the break, take a look at the other side. UAB averaging 82 points a game, top 20 in the country. Up next, Mike Sando from The Athletic. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. VSIN has a great new offer to help make this your best betting year ever. Our all new Big Game Big Dance special provides VSIN Plus all access to everything we do from now through April 5th for only. $69. Sign up now and get our daily best bet emails, 24-7 video access, the upcoming big game, and college hoops betting guides, plus full access to vcin.com with our exclusive betting splits breakdown on every game. It's one of the most exciting betting seasons of the year, so don't miss out on one of the best deals of the year. Visit vcin.com slash big deal to sign up today. Welcome back to Odds On. I'm Mike Palm. He is Amal Shaw, and at this time, it's our pleasure to welcome into the program Mike Sando, who writes for The Athletic. Mike is also a voter for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Thanks for joining us this morning, Mike. Hey, good to be here. Mike, I want to talk about your view on uh, certain contenders in each conference heading into the playoff season now that we're in Week 18. I looked at your Power 5 rankings, and you've got the Buffalo Bills rated as the second-best team behind the Packers. Explain why you think the Bills are better than the Chiefs or the Rams or the Buccaneers. Um, I don't have Tower Five rankings. Well, what do you mean? In your in your five, I'll move. I'll move on. Sorry, Mike. I wanna I wanna talk about um, what happened with Hub Arkish and and his comments being a voter for the NFL MVP and the other Player of the Year awards. Obviously, it drew a lot of attention. You're a voter for the Hall of Fame. I want to address it in this respect. Do you think as a better Hub Arkish is on to something, and he's let the cat out of the bag about how certain voters might feel about Aaron Rodgers and give trepidation if you were to select him in the betting markets for NFL MVP. I'm going to say no. That kind of shocked me. Uh, you know, I've been – I'm actually added newly to the uh, AP voting panel this year. It'll be my first time voting in that one, so I'm looking forward to doing it. Uh, and I've been in the room for, I don't know, over 10 years on the Hall of Fame thing, and I have downplayed the personalized aspect of it. Uh, I'll give you an example. Charles Haley or Terrell Owens, 
you know, were, were seen as people that, uh, you know, did the writers like them or were they easy to cover? But the vast majority of people just never covered them. You know, they, they weren't around them day to day. And I, I don't think it was that, that huge of a deal. So uh, this was odd to me. I guess that maybe it's reflective of our times, right? Everything has to be polarized. Uh, that that was, to me, evidence that if you put together a large enough panel, you're going to get some outlier type opinions. I'll give you an example. Every summer I do quarterback tiers project, right? I talk to 50 people in the league, and I get them to tell me to rate all the quarterbacks. And last year, if you go back among the 50 voters, there was one voter who put Ben Roethlisberger in tier one. Well, a lot of people had him in tier three. But you can find one guy before the year, right? <laughs> you can find one guy. So I'm thinking we found one guy uh, on this one who felt that way. And it would really surprise me if a lot of people um, felt that way. I, I never even occurred to me to, to think of that. Mike, want to look at some of these teams right now. I, I think Green Bay obviously in a great position because they're in home field advantage. I think they overcome the failure of last year. But if in the NFC, if it's not Green Bay, who do you think is the biggest threat to the Packers? Or do you see somebody else being threatened potentially by the Packers and you think they're going to emerge as the team to beat from the NFC? No, I really like Green Bay. I think having to go to Green Bay, uh, you know, the consistency of Aaron Rodgers, the fact that they are adding some players probably, uh, you know, some of their top players could come back, really bodes well for them. And then, look, it, it just seems like all the other teams have been up and down, right? The Rams have kind of had their up and downs. You have some question marks. Uh, Tampa Bay's had some injuries and now has some issues. Uh, Dallas, you can't trust them from week to week. Arizona, same thing. So I, I really like where they're at. I have a hard time uh, going with any other team that I that I would like uh, to beat them. I think this year has shown probably maybe more than others, but you know it, it's hard to to know what could happen week to week. But I love betting on Aaron Rodgers. I love betting on Lambeau Field. That combination together in a year when everything else seems uncertain uh, gives me comfort in something that hey, even if I were to bet on that and lose. I'd feel like my uh, fundamentals were solid. Mike, let's turn our attention to the AFC. For the first time in four years, the championship game may not be at Arrowhead. The Titans can clinch the one seed with a victory uh, over the Texans this Sunday. Kansas City, though, still the favorites in the betting markets. Is it justified that the Chiefs, who may have to go on the road to a place where they got demolished earlier in the year, are still the favorites to win the, the conference? It is to me, but I have continually underrated Tennessee. Uh, you know, just looking at their personnel moves over the years, I have felt like they're not going to. I felt like they're going to fall off, and they they proved me wrong. And if you look at them during the regular season, you can't find a more impressive stretch of games than that one where they you know beat Kansas City, Buffalo. I think the Rams were in there. Uh, Saints were decent at the time that they beat them. So. Uh, <sighs> I still do like Kansas City. I would definitely like them more if they had to buy, but I have a hard time coming off of them just from, uh, you know, their defense has been improved, and what are you going to bet on, right? What are the things that made me feel good about Green Bay? It's having Mahomes in Kansas City. It's having Kelsey. It's having, uh, you know, it's having Tyreek Hill. And, look, they, they lost the game to Cincinnati, but you are going to lose a few games. I still like them overall uh, as the best team in Tennessee to me has to prove it, that they're going to get their guys back, that they can win by different styles of play. Uh, I think in the end, 
they're a good underrated team, Tennessee, but they won't be able to string them together. I think Kansas City is still the team that can string them together the best with maybe an outside shot that, that Buffalo is the team that uh, closed enough ground this year and, and can maybe be second best position to do that. Mike, let's stay in the AFC South. I really like Indianapolis, the Colts, especially with Jonathan Taylor. But do you think Carson Wentz can play good enough football for four games to be able to, let's say, potentially win the Lombardi Trophy, but really to make noise? Because that's my big question mark. Defensively, I think they're vastly underrated. I like them on the perimeter offensively. Outstanding offensive line. And Taylor has just been an absolute bell cow. I don't think he can do it for that many games in a row. And I don't think we've seen him do it for that many games. Uh, in a row this season, he worries me. I feel like, uh, you know, he still has the mentality of trying to make something happen. And and in a close game, in the third quarter of a playoff game, I see him letting, you know, throwing a ball that the other team's going to get their hands on. Uh, it, it just ha- in, in the past, I felt that way, even with like a Matt Ryan type player. I think Matt Ryan has been much better than Carson Wentz, you know, over the course of his career. So Wentz worries me. I think he'll do him in at a certain point. He'll make a decision he shouldn't make. It'll be a turnover. Uh, it'll cost him. There won't be enough good plays consistently um, to keep pace for a full game, you know, uh, throughout a playoff run. We're talking with Mike Sandel, writer for The Athletic. He also votes in the NFL Hall of Fame and and now MVP this year. You can find him at Sando NFL on Twitter. Mike, the Coach of the Year race really has come down now in the betting markets to three. Lafleur uh, in Green Bay, uh, a best record in the league again this year. Uh, Vrabel in Tennessee, who might be the one seed in the AFC without Derrick Henry for a large part of the season, and then Zach Taylor, whose Bengals won the uh, AFC North when they were 25-1 to before the season to do so, who do you think is going to win the Coach of the Year award? I'm going to lead towards Tennessee with a little bit of recency bias because I think they will get the number one seed. Cincinnati's resting starters in the last game. They did win the the North, so uh, I could see that being a great choice as well. Maybe the fact that Rodgers is there hurts hurts LeFleur just a little bit. Uh, I would have thought at one point earlier in the year Belichick was in line. That's probably not going to happen so to me to get the number one seed in the AFC as I think Tennessee will with like you said tons of people hurt Henry hurt uh, would, would might be enough to, to push him up that's that's an interesting one there I you know to me I, I thought it'd be a slam dunk on Zach Taylor there but um, he's done a tremendous job is this Cincinnati team for real in your estimation or is this uh, basically this offensive trio of Burrow Mixon and Chase and Higgins combined really been the catalyst, or do you believe they can actually yeah. make some noise with this offense? I think they can make some noise. You know, I still think that, that there's probably not a consistency there, and we've seen that throughout the season when you wanted to buy into them a couple times. They, you know, they maybe laid an egg or didn't, didn't have as good of a stretch. But uh, uh, I think they're definitely dangerous. I think they can win a playoff game. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, if they did, especially like we said in this year, where it seems like there's more possibilities on the table. Uh, but uh, I think they've been up and down enough. Maybe, maybe they're, they they reload next year and, and fix a couple things, have some experience, and make a deeper push. Mike, I got a real quick question for you since you're a Hall of Fame voter. When you get a case like a Brady and Manning, Jerry Rice, do you guys does the presenter just say, okay, this is Jerry Rice, and everyone just votes yes, or is there actually a justification yeah. for those players? No, the, uh, I believe – when it was Emmett Smith, I believe the presenter stood up and said, 
Emmitt Smith had more carries for more yards and more touchdowns than anyone in league history. Any questions? Sat down. Something like that. <laughs> uh, the Jerry Rice one might have been like stand up Jerry Rice and sit down, like, and everyone laughed. And then, then they say, hey, okay, if you want to discuss, you know, let me know. Otherwise, let's move along. <laughs> Mike, thanks for joining us again today. Terrific stuff as always. Thank you. Thank you. All right, when we come back, I'm all in the Palm Reader Playbook and more NFL teasers. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, BetRivers has you covered. BetRivers has launched a series of CityCasts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. There are CityCasts in Chicago, Detroit, L.A., New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Washington, D.C., and Denver. The host of the Denver CityCast, Holden Kushner, will be donating $100 for every 500 downloads of today's CityCast to a local animal shelter after the devastating wildfires in Colorado last week. So please download and help a great cause. Subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back into Odds On. Mike Palm here with Amal Shaw. Amal, it was Amal out yesterday. You didn't have an official play, but you're going to have something for the boys and girls tonight. Yeah, a little disappointed. Didn't uh, give those plays on the uh, the DePaul over in the Villanova game, but hopefully we'll be able to bounce back today. Two games here tonight. Uh, Wisconsin at home. You knew it, Mike. I was going to be on this game. Uh, Bucky Badger now up to three. I would take this thing up to four if you can get it, depending on where the number moves, if you don't jump on it at three. But took it at two and a half and now at three in in situations. So we'll give you the number as it presently sits. And then USC also um, on their USC minus five and a half. I know we don't have it on the graphic, but USC, the Trojans, an official play here tonight. So we'll take five. That's impressive. Look at that. You request and it comes right up on the board here. So USC minus five and a half against Cal. How come it didn't dance across the screen? It just I think they just flipped into another graphic. There was no real animation. Got 18 people back there. Let's move on to my play. <laughs> I'm going to take a mall school, the Ohio State University. I'm just not sold on this Indiana team. I think Ohio State's better. I'd make them about six on a neutral. Seriously, I'd make Ohio State six on a neutral. That's why I think they should be a small favorite here on the road. They're not. They're catching the three and a half. I'm going to take the three and a half. Your six on a neutral is too high. I think six in Columbus is accurate. I think you're on a neutral. Buckeyes are probably about two and a half. I just disagree. I think you have that's Indiana fine. rated too high. That's that's fine. I don't disagree. With you. I think the Hoosiers are better than they're getting this credit ain't for. Uve Blob. Okay, this is this is a different team. All right. <laughs> Listen, real quick. I, I don't disagree with you. I will say this though: if you're going to play the Buckeyes tonight, if people are following along with you, I think you have to take the Buckeyes on the money line as well. What did you say? It was 145. 45? Yeah, mm-hmm. I think you have to take a shot with that as well. 
Is Ohio State a Sweet 16 team this year? I think so. I think if things break right, they're a Sweet 16 team. If they got to the Elite Eight, it would be a tremendous season. Okay. Um, let's get back to this NFL. I'm going to pick and choose here a couple games I think might be interesting to tease. Colts need uh, to, to lock up the wild card. Now, they could still get in with other things happening. But to lock up the wild card, they need to go down to Jacksonville and beat the Jaguars, something they didn't do in week one last year. Remember, that was the big upset that cut the survivor pool down by 35%. Um, Colts are laying 15 on the road. Would you tease them down below 10 or the Jags up above 20 or pass? I would pass. Um, All right, no further yeah, discussion. Thank you. The Woofdies, <laughs> the Washington football team will be in New York at MetLife to play the Giants. Right now, the football team uh, hovering around six and a half, seven in some spots. The Giants, it looks like, have just absolutely quit on the season. There's zero offense there. They were down 18 in the first half and only passed the ball twice at Soldier Field. And then Joe, Joe Judge wants to go on a rant. I would tease the football team down here in this spot, Amal. Do you agree? Uh, I tend to agree with you. I, I think it's it's tough to back the New York Giants in any spot. I will tell you one thing, though. How about teasing this total to take a seven and take it over 30 and a half? Uh, how are the Giants going to get to 10? I mean, they have no quarterback at all. Listen, they're... listen. You put that slot machine out there. Yeah. Put Jake Fromm right here. I'll get closer to throwing the ball and hitting that <laughs> slot machine. He's, he's just un- absolutely, absolutely unbelievable. Titans at Texans. <laughs> Titans win. They get the one seed. They're laying 10 and a half on the road. Remember, this was the final game last year as well, and they got behind in the game, had to come back to win. Would you tease the Titans down? Uh, or the Texans up here. In this I, I would spot. I would tease the Titans down. By the way, God, I cannot wait for the playoffs to start the following week, and I am so sick of these useless games in the NFL. Now, how about this game? I, I'm going to play this game. Saints at Falcons. Saints a four-and-a-half-point road favorite. They need to win and the, and the 49ers to lose in order to get in. Would you tease the Falcons up to 10-and-a-half here? Yes, I would. 100%. Yes. I think the Falcons win this game. I do, all. too. I think the Falcons are going to win this game outright. I think this is one opportunity to kind of stick it to your division opponent. Uh, you really don't have much to play for, but in this one game, I think Matt Ryan and company go out on a high note. I think they beat this team. And by the way, I've always liked Sean Payton as a coach, terrific play caller. But I've got a question. What the hell he's seen in Taysom Hill that ever justified this guy being a starting quarterback for this team ever? What do you think about Taysom Hill's rushing prop over 52 and a half yards? Well, I don't he's think gonna, he's going to throw the ball much. Well, no, he's going to need to get it if they're going to win this football game. Without him getting that number, I don't know if they're going to get there. They didn't beat the Panthers because of Taysom Hill. They no. beat them because of their defense. They, I mean, they beat them in spite of yeah, Taysom Hill. Yeah, exactly. I like the Falcons to win. I'll take the Falcons' money line. I'll take the four and a half, and I would tease them up as well. I'm, I'm high on the Falcons. Look, that Falcons team was a few yards from being down three touchdowns at the end of that first half and rallied to get the lead. They played hard in the snow. And let's not undersell how big a rivalry this is in the South of all. Well, you know, look, I, I think for me, I when you have an opportunity to knock off a division mm-hmm. opponent in this spot, you've not had a good season. It's not that you're going to go out and say, hey, we did a great job. We beat New Orleans. But it's just you feel a little bit better as you go towards the offseason. The biggest game of the weekend, if you look at it from both teams' perspective, needing the game, is going to be at SoFi. Yes. 49ers and the Rams. Rams are a four-and-a-half-point favorite. 49ers win and you're in. Rams, it's the difference between the two seed and the five seed, potentially, if Arizona beats Seattle here. Would you tease the 49ers up in this spot to 10-and-a-half? They've owned McVay and the Rams in recent years. They have. They've had tremendous success, but I think the Rams win this game. I, I like uh, the, the difference for me is that quarterback, Matthew Stafford against Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo has the same consistency as Carson Wentz. One week it looks like a league MVP. The next week you're wondering, how the hell is this guy on an NFL roster? Would you tease through the zero here? 
and take the Rams plus one and a half? No, because I don't think the Rams are the type of lock that, say, for example, a Tennessee would be to beat a team like the Houston Texans. What did and, you think of Trey Lance's performance? There's a possibility we see Trey Lance in this game. What did you think of Trey Lance's performance last week against the Texans? Oh, you call that a performance? Um, well, he was out on the field and people were watching, so I would call it a performance. <laughs> uh, it was awful. I, I mean, this guy, you know, Michael Lombardi had the best line about Trey Lance. He's a year away from being a year away. And if you're San Francisco, John Lynch, and I, I'm a big John Lynch fan, you know, I'm just surprised they took this draft pick. This guy sucks. There's no other way to put it. He, he is not a guy that, to me, unless he gets things turned around in this offseason and really shows you he can do something, I feel like they've kind of wasted a third pick. They're in a window right now. They had an opportunity to win a Super Bowl. I thought they should have traded away Garoppolo and potentially their high draft pick. I know they traded up to get to Lance at three. You've got a defensive player, Nick Bosa, who you're going to have to pay eventually. You're going to go for about $20, $25 million. You're already paying Fred Warner now. Secondary needs some improvement. You've got two of the best playmakers in football on the offensive side of the ball, and Debo Samuel and George Kittle. These guys are absolutely uh, unbelievable in terms of what they can do. George Kittle, arguably the best at his position. Debo Samuel, a top five receiver in this league, one of the, one of the top two or three playmakers in, the, in football. And a, and a good play caller in, in Shanahan, Shanahan, right? Yeah, I mean, you got solid running game. Mozart yeah. will be back next year. Mitchell's done a tremendous job. They haven't even used Trey Sermon this year, so uh, it's Garoppolo. It's a shortcoming. Patriots uh, lost at home to the Dolphins at the beginning of the year. They're at the Dolphins. Patriots win, puts the pressure on the Bills. Bills would need to win. They're a huge favorite against the Jets, though. Patriots lane six and a half. Would you tease the Patriots down in this spot? Or the Dolphins up over 10 in Miami? No, I would tease the Dolphins up. I think they're going to play hard in this game. I really do. I know they don't have anything to play for. Maybe I'm wrong. But I feel like Miami's going to play tough because it's the Patriots. Brian Flores came from that system and that program. I I, I like Miami catching the points here. And, you know, I, I feel like Mac Jones has a little bit of a confidence problem right now. I know they beat the heck out of the um, Jacksonville Jaguars, Mike. But, come on, that that's a different team. You're an NFL GM. I'm going to give you a hypothetical here since we got a game with Tua and Mac Jones. I'm going to give you the choice of four quarterbacks. You tell me who you want heading into next year, or at least to have the rights to on a rookie contract. Yeah. Ready? Jalen Hurts, Tua Tagovailoa, Mac Jones, or Bryce Young? Bryce Young. What a great question that is. I love that question. It's the last four Alabama quarterbacks, Yeah, it is, right? <laughs> but I love the question. I think Bryce Young, from his accuracy standpoint, Tua, to me, I would actually put fourth on that list. I, I was wrong about Jalen Hurts. He's played far better than I anticipated. The one thing that he's done a nice job of is he mixes in running and throwing the ball when necessary. Um, and Mac Jones, I think, is a good quarterback in the sense that he's he's just he's steady Eddie. I, I don't think he's going to do more than that for you. He needs that running game with Stevenson and Harris. He needs the players around him. I just don't think they're going to be able to take that next step forward with Mac Jones. When you look around in the rest of the AFC, and I'm not I'm, Josh Allen. He's on that cusp of Tier 1, but he's a Tier 2 guy. Um, I think when you look at the quarterbacks in the AFC, do you really believe you're going to be able to beat those other teams with Mac Jones? Take take Young out of the equation, and it's those three and C.J. Stroud. Who are you taking? I'm taking C.J. Stroud. Give me a guy who can throw the ball when it's 50-mile-an-hour winds and rip it through that weather. I'm really high on C.J. Stroud. I was. You're higher on him than I am. But I thought the improvement he made from yes, the yes. start of, it was – more significant than any quarterback I've seen in recent years. I tell you, everyone points to the throw to Jackson Smith and Jigba. I thought the one he threw to Emeka Igbuka on the sideline where he just dropped it over yeah. the shoulder and Igbuka gets the foot in was unbelievable. And it'll be fun to watch both these guys next year. I think Young could go back to back on the Heisman. Play-in though. game Sunday night. Chargers right here in Las Vegas taking on the Raiders. You can get the Chargers at two and a half in some spots now. How are you playing this game? Raiders win. Give me the, char- uh, give me the Raiders and the points on the teaser. Wow. Strong. Very strong. 
overcome a lot this season. Uh, one final game, Seahawks, Cardinals. Seahawks need to win to keep the pressure, or the Cardinals need to win to keep the pressure on the Rams should they slip up to the 49ers. Cardinals laying seven at home. Would you tease them down? Uh, I would not touch this game. I feel the same way. Stay tuned to VEASAN. Coming up next, it's Betting Across America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare 